You'll never see it coming You'll see that my mind is too fast for eyes You're done it Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? Mm. Uh. <sighs> uh, I, I don't know how to respond to that, Wes <laughs> uh, uh, Wes? Words? Hey, we have someone else here today So in addition to your regular co-host Josh and Nate, we have our good buddy, the Henshin Dad himself, Mr. Wesley Ray, on with us. A fellow member of the Play Well Network. Hey. Fancy, fancy. I'm just curious, like, were those the actual lyrics? Because I heard that song about a billion times, but I never actually understood the lyrics, so. they you, From Google <laughs> itself. No, I actually, after I finished the game, I, I watched, uh, just because I'd been hearing that song for months and months and months, I went and pulled up the song on YouTube because I just, I wanted to hear it again because, you know, after 100, and, 100 plus hours of hearing it, I, I felt at a loss. And it was a lyric video, and when I started seeing the lyrics, I was like, oh, yeah, that's very different than what I thought it was. Um, which is fine, you know, like, okay. Legit. So the battle Legit. theme, if you haven't played Persona 5, the battle theme actually has lyrics. It's not just a blood pumping, you know, dun, 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 it's, it, no, you, you get to hear how much fun everyone's having. So does that mean that you're ready for Dancing in the Starlight then? Oh man, uh, am I ready? I don't know if I'm ready for that. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Never! <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not totally against it. And I'm I not, like I'm, I'm not either. <laughs> I like rhythm games. It just, you know, we we've had we've had our discussions about Persona 3. Uh, the cast of Persona 5, I, I could see them dancing more so than the cast of Persona 3. Yeah. Although, I will say, I was digging into some really, really deep lore mm -hmm. for Persona 3 and everything. You know, taking into account all the things that were mentioned in Persona 4 Golden and even the fighting games and everything. Mm -hmm. And actually, like, really and truly, the story actually can make sense. It actually does have a bit of a framing device that does make sense. So I'll have to... Okay. You know, give you my three-hour spiel sometime about that. But yes, <laughs> I am Wes, and I am the Henshin Dad. Going back to our introductions, and I am here to talk about not the dancing game, but Persona Five, and not Persona Five Royal, unfortunately, which I'm almost done with. But I'm here for the vanilla, the plain, the simple Persona Five. <laughs> the the plain Jane OG. Yeah. So welcome to the backlog breakdown, folks. Here we go. We're going to be discussing Persona 5 today. Uh, as Wes said, not necessarily Persona 5 role, which, you know, we kind of glossed over this, but for anyone who's not a member of the hashtag Backlog Book Club or isn't a member of our Discord, yes, that's right. Wes finished Persona 5 and immediately started playing Persona 5 Royal. Not, not so, only did he finish Persona 5, he finished it in a stupid amount of hours. Mm -hmm. Like... Like half of what we did, yes. I, 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 in my estimation, he's gonna beat both games quicker than I could beat <laughs> just one of them. You and me both, man. And wait, didn't you play through Persona Five again? I only played it the one time, but it took me like ever since I bought it, like when it first came out. So I started okay. it, and then I just like let it go for like years basically okay <laughs> i thought you were running through it again because you had like all the because you started like a new game plus or something like that 
at one point. I considered a new game plus, but I was just like, you know what? No, no. I have, <laughs> I have Royal. Royal. <laughs> I, I got this. This is a super easy platinum, and I'm just going to feel so good about myself when that platinum just trophy just pops up and everything. So mm. I was just like, no. I Basically, at this point, you can just throw vanilla Persona 5 in the garbage because it has zero mm-hmm. point whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'll just throw my copy in the garbage because I'll probably never play it again. Let's be real. <laughs> I talked last episode about collecting and, you know, how I have my nice little library of games that I really enjoy having, but, I mean, I will probably never play Persona 5 again this side of heaven, just saying. Uh, I never saw that coming. (laughs) Oh! And he cycles back around. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So, now that we've cycled around... Oh, man. I don't have any Coke. I just have whiskey. Me too. Uh, <laughs> Which sounds way more expensive. <laughs> I mean, whiskey goes good in Coke if you wanted some of that. But um. yeah, I mean, it, you sw- like in the amount of the amount of whiskey I drink versus the amount of Coke I drink, mm. uh, it's probably like you know economically sort of on par for every serving. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's 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 how I justify it to myself, at least. <laughs> the the economics of whiskey drinking i like it you get you get everything here on the backlog breakdown that sounds like a wonderful book title (laughs) the economics of whiskey drinking sir (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i like it well uh before we dive down that rabbit hole let's stop do you guys have your uh reports ready your backlog reports mine's mine's pretty short Okay. Today, or this week, this up. Ep- yeah, this, this, this one. This on this tonight. This this for, thing for now. Yes, mm-hmm. the now, the now episode that we're doing now. Okay. Well, I've got my report right here. <laughs> it's actually a medical bill. I'm having a baby, guys. So. Uh, nice. Well, my wife. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. You are hiding that weight very well, Joshua. Definitely very, shouldn't very be drinking well. that whiskey. <laughs> or that beer that you have. Um, hey, s- since we have our guest, Wes, that's that's, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Um, since, since you are our guest, Wesley, would be you like guest. to go first? I can go first, although I, I do have to take offense to you rhyming every single ES thing with my name, but I get it, I get it, you know. <laughs> I haven't heard not that every one, single, like, I have not rhymed yes or best or lest or nest or west or, I mean, west, west, coast. west. I have called you West Coast West from time to yes, time. Yes, So As long as you don't make any Princess Bride references, I think I'm good. But uh, other than that, yes, uh, as far as what as I've been playing. As you wish. <laughs> Well, I'm getting off now. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <it up. laughs> you did the thing he literally just asked you not to do. Because I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> We've established this. Well, oh, sorry, Wes. Did say to forgive 70 times 7. So this is like number five, I'm guessing. I don't know. Or number two. <laughs> but anyway, as far as what I've been playing lately, it's been pretty much just the Persona series at this point because mm-hmm. I have no sense of sanity in my life, period. <laughs> So, like you mentioned, I finished Persona 5, and then immediately the next day, I'm like, hey, you know what would be fun? Just starting Persona 5 Royal, because why not? And that was about a month ago, and I am about 31 hours into Royal at this point, and I'm just mm-hmm. about to infiltrate the Casino Palace. So getting right okay, into wow. like, the nitty-gritty of the game and 
I'm really hoping I can maybe finish this up before the story episode so that I can just say like, oh man, I've beaten it twice. I've read the manga. I'm playing Persona 5 Scramble. Oh, wow. I have Persona PS, the Persona 1 on PSP playing on my Vita. It's very complicated, I know. <laughs> and that's that's actually a trip. And it's really interesting to compare like how the older Persona games are in comparison to the new ones. And mm-hmm. honestly, I it, there were so many misconceptions around Persona 1 that I just did not even realize. And it is a blast to play. It is just so much fun. Okay. Like, this mm. would be like a top tier Super Nintendo JRPG. Honestly, if it was like mm. around it since it's around that time period. So even though it was on the PlayStation, but it, it really does feel like something really interesting. It's very, I guess, you know, while it is kind of like a cliche, it's very Lovecraftian in that way. And it's like so eerie. And the first person perspective is very much in line with the Shin Megami Tensei series. So mm-hmm. it feels right in that pedigree. So I'm really enjoying it. And it may have given me one or two nightmares. So, you know, it's doing its oh. job. It's it's something all right. And some of the storytelling in that, it's like, wow, this is like I want a modern remake of this thing. This would be fantastic. Mm, nice. So, that's pretty much it. Just persona all the time. That's just my life now. <laughs> I, I mean, have you been reading anything noteworthy or Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I have actually been filtering my mind with all those pagan thoughts, you know, with actual <laughs> Christian literature. So I should probably talk about that. But I did finish recently John Owen's the death of death and the death of Christ. And that was perfect mm. for, you know, listening to while I was spending like eight hours outdoors, fixing our water pipe. And it's just like, okay, don't be angry. Don't be <laughs> angry. No okay, man. Listen to something theologically <laughs> good, <laughs> which was really helpful. It was very helpful, but that thing is a beast. And I, I just cannot believe I had not read it before because like going along with Calvin's institutes last year, like this is just a perfect piece talking about limited atonement and all of those arguments that you hear from modern day theologians. They, pretty much like all originated it feels like back in owens and you know probably even augustine before that so it's just really interesting to get this like perfectly concise package that answers like every single thing every objection that anybody can possibly bring up against limited atonement so i would highly recommend that to everybody and then the other thing i've been reading is the crucified life by aw tozer Ah. this is for the purpose of a book group that i'm doing each week with a couple guys from my church and it's been fun and there's been some areas I would definitely disagree in because he is pretty heavy on the Christian mystics of the past and everything. And Mm so it's like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not so sure what I'm thinking of this, but I also went to uh, the college where the A.W. Tozer Theological Seminary is, which is right next to Bethel, which is Uh... crazy. So you got (laughs) a lot of interesting, like spiritual influences from that school and just seeing like what he wrote in regards to the same type of people that are like just down the street from where I went to college. That it's just kind of interesting <laughs> to mm-hmm. think about. Like, oh, poor guy. His his seminary is not in a great place. But mm. <laughs> dude, but, well, and it's the, like uh, I like that you're reading Tozer. Tozer mm-hmm. was sort of like one of my gateway. Uh, like I came to reformed him through reading Tozer. Oh, wow. And now he's not reformed in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But I think the questions he asks and, and and the way that he addresses sort of the sovereignty of God and everything else are some really interesting jumping off points. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's one of those things like I recommend reading Tozer to a lot of people. Like Knowledge of the Holy is a book that I just give out all the time because I'm like, it's not super long, but it is dense. And I think it gets people asking the right questions. Now, granted, yeah, there's some definite areas with Tozer where I'm like, yeah, we, we're going to pump the brakes on this one real hard here, bud. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, 
I mean, even like Lewis, like all of the greats probably, I mean, we can, it's, it's really easy to look at guys sort of within our lifetimes because we have way more access to them and their thoughts. And, and, but I'm sure that, you know, it's going back to the, or just looking at the Puritans and I can't remember where it comes from, but God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. And so they're all people like, I don't think Tozer ever really hits on what we would call uh, heterodoxy or heresy. Uh, he might get a little weird. He might get a little flaky. But like I, I mentioned, Lewis, Lewis got flaky. Um, yeah, but yeah. like these are like titans of the faith, like men who, you, you know, in a lot of ways, we owe a lot to. And so there, there's room to sort of like eat the meat, spit out the bones. So uh, I, I like Tozer. Uh, right. <laughs> so. And that's, I would honestly say his his writing is just gorgeous. It's it's beautiful. It's very mm-hmm. poetic in so many ways. And it's just like you can definitely see why people are attracted to this and just how he used that gift to communicate such great truths. So I would recommend it too. Yeah, he's he's a, he is was was a very gifted communicator. Uh, yeah. So anything else? Any Good interesting stuff. media that you want to sort of throw out there? I mean, uh, just, Ultraman all the time, but I don't know if you're yeah, fishing for that. Yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah, dog. Um, but Ultraman Z is airing right now, and it's free on YouTube, officially subtitled, and each episode will be up on YouTube for two weeks. So go watch that just because it's great. And, nice. You know, it's it's beautiful, and it's perfect, and I, I don't really know what else to say about it, except it's a little scary sometimes. Let me tell you. <laughs> huh. um, if you remember the end of that first episode of Ultraman Z, where the guy's in the warehouse and he's like taking around these little things, that was weird. That was kind of creepy. Yeah, so it's it's probably no surprise to anybody who's been listening, but Wes actually turned me on to Ultraman, uh, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you know he, he can preach that that Ultraman goodness uh, as much as he wants here, uh, within within reasonable limitations. Yeah, but that's pretty much it for me. Good stuff, man. Now, is Ultraman Z, is that one a, a live-action one, or is that an animated one? Live-action. Okay, yeah, cool. It's the current like season, basically, airing in Japan right now, and they basically have it like within a few hours of the Japanese broadcast, like Dang. all ready for Westerners, and it's like they are just killing it with getting those things out to the United States and everything. I'm, I'm so impressed with how many box sets they release every year. That's awesome. And I buy them all. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You have to. I I'm I'm probably going to get there at some point. Um, You're on your way. <laughs> at, at this I point like in time, I own Geed and Orb. And oh, uh, nice. So, and yeah. as of the fourth episode of Ultraman Z, with a little bit at the end, apparently Ultraman Orb is going to be very important knowledge for continued watching. Maybe that means I have to just sort of power through Orb then here in the next like couple weeks, so I can watch episode four uh, <laughs> with with all of that background. Uh, I was really bummed because I was on Amazon Prime and I got that Toku channel that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw Ginga in the lineup because I like I wanted to like because that one looks interesting. Like, dude, they all look like, oh, I want to watch all of this. <laughs> and it, it's like um, anyways, but they have it listed, but it's not actually available on Prime anymore. So that was a mm-hmm. super what? bummer. Lame. Yeah, you have to get it through the little toku hd channel that's on prime or something kind gotcha. of like an hbo well, subscription that's so. that's what i have and it's not oh. available through that what? it should be on so, crunchyroll then uh yeah, yeah. well go. i'm hoping that with uh this the the toku stuff like mm-hmm. there'll be some sort of way for me to get a hold of it in its entirety 
Anyways. And that was an interesting season because they basically had like 12 episodes and the budget of like literally like zero dollars. So all of the effects Ooh. are as practical as they can possibly make it. Mm. And I, I feel like they blew like 95% of the budget just on the awesome opening theme song because that thing's just, <laughs> I don't know how to could say it slaps. It's, lit. <laughs> it's, it's a banger. <laughs> it's a banger. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a banger. It is unbelievable. So good. Okay. Nice. I'll stop talking about that now. Nice. I dig it, man. I dig it. So it sounds like, Nate, you've been watching some Ultraman as well. You mm-hmm. want to roll into your report? Yeah, sure. Um, as far as playing anything, uh, it's been Anthem and yeah. Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. And just thoughts on Anthem mm-hmm. real quick. Um, it's fun. Like, I, I, it's definitely like if you can pick it up for like 10 bucks, do it. Like, I think there's enough sort of content. Like, here's the thing. The game is really empty right now, but there is that sort of that big overhaul reboot sort of thing coming at some point in time in the future. Like, I think they're calling it Anthem Next or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. but like the 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 basic gameplay and sort of I've been playing through the story and stuff like that, it's fun. It is, it's super fun to like jump in these like basically Iron Man suits and you can sort of do different loadouts and get different like, power-ups and stuff and so and they they can kind of play similarly similarly talk nate use your words nate um but they can kind of play similarly but there is like variance and stuff and it's just fun like the the jetting around in the sort of like the the iron man rocket pack stuff is it's fun and it just like it does things with um basically verticality that I I I I was like I, I really like it. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that I f- I feel like it's sort of like EA is the publisher there. EA owns uh, uh, Bioware, and I think EA kind of like shafted Bioware a little bit by because there's there's stories about how basically EA pushed Bioware to to, to release it before it was ready. Wait, EA? So, mm-hmm. EA would never do that. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so Octopath, it's basically, uh, everybody's at 70 plus And right now I'm just sort of fine tuning. Mm. I'm going to like hunt down some more of the, the, uh, battle tested weapons just to sort of really optimize a few of my builds. And I'm going to try and farm a few different ingredients that are, you can't buy, but it's like, okay. I, I'm, I'm at end game dude. Like the last time I made a run at the boss, uh, the, the, the actual final boss, I had him on the ropes and there was this series like uh, where I think I was going to sort of enter into the the next phase or whatever. And he petrified one of my characters, which the thing about petrification in Octopath, it happens once as part of a story beat and you get that limited amount of herbs and that's all you have of those. You have like those 12 of them or whatever you get initially. And so... I was like, what the heck just, and it doesn't tell you that the character is petrified. I was like, he did it again. And I was like, oh, like I'm going to try and use this to like unpetrify. And it worked. I was like, okay, cool. And then the next turn, he KO'd one of my characters that was petrified. And it was like, it removed them from combat. And I was like, (sighs) and at that point in time, it totally broke my flow totally broke mm-hmm. you know and it just jammed me it jammed me hard and mm-hmm. i was just like okay and at that um, point you had been playing for like an hour and a half yeah in order to get well, that far 
Yeah, I mean the nice the nice part about it is like uh, the game's just always sort of, like it's the only thing that's b- being played on the Switch right now, pretty mm-hmm. much. So it's like I was taking breaks in between that like that boss rush mode, and gotcha. I wasn't super burnt out because I knew that like that last boss fight was going to be a beast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, I think when I'm done with Octopath. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I've sort of been like hemming and hawing about. And uh, I, I I think I want to go back to my 3DS and maybe fire up. Uh, I was actually re-listening to the AMA thing and somebody, uh, one of the guys asked a question about like something on my backlog that I've been meaning to get around to and just like my favorite game on my backlog that I haven't played yet, but really ought to. And uh, Majora's Mask on the 3DS, I think is it's mm. probably like, I want to log some hours on my mm-hmm. 3DS um so there's that uh as far as reading well not a ton but yesterday i did like i did probably for an hour and a half sat down and started like digging back into anna karenina and i guys like legitimately the pros in that almost had me crying like it is Mm. it is bizarre how well written that is like not bizarre and like but it's just like that translation is phenomenal Mm. you can really sort of see like the mastery of prose that tolstoy I mean the the dude he writes books that you live in. Like mm-hmm. I, I like and it's like I was actually listening to uh the bookening and they talked about the, the one guy the the host uh he actually mentioned the fact that uh Nathan Albertson or Albertson or Albertson I don't know. But uh anyways, he was talking about how like he, sometimes he regrets like not being able to read the way that he used to read. And I used to be a voracious reader and I would just like mm. read and that was like I could just get lost in books all the time. And anyways, it just, it, it was like one of those moments where he's like, listen, he's like, just the way I live my life. I know that that's really not a possibility for me anymore. Like, he's like, I like my life. He's like, but it is sort of a regret. And I was like, it was, it sort of echoes some of my, it's like, sometimes I just wish I could read more, like, and be a little more disciplined there. Um, as far as like other media. Yeah. I'm just going to sort of echo the Ultraman. Ultraman Z uh, on YouTube is rad. Uh, I actually checked out pluto tv and i watched some o-ranger Ooh, um mm-hmm. that was uh, interesting the, the production value in that is actually like mm-hmm. like and just the practical effects are neat it's like mm-hmm. it's very it was very clever um but uh yeah so i've been watching a little bit of pluto tv uh just well like when it comes to tv in general i watch a little bit i burn out and i'm like so I, it's been a little bit since i finished geed I'm probably going to, like I said, fire up Orb and try and chew through that. And uh, I really want, I mean, there's like, when it comes to Ultraman, like in the Discord, in the the, the Brochacho Dan Lounge, what, what what do I call that? Whatever, where the, the, the Brochacho <laughs> feed, I dropped that Alex Ross uh, variant cover for the upcoming Rise of the Ultraman uh, run from Marvel. And I was like, I'm like, it's, 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 it is strange to me that, that Ultraman has really taken hold of me the way it has because I'm like on on the surface I'm like oh yeah this is kind of fun and then there's just this part of me it's like I want all of it um it's just so wholesome it is mm-hmm. and it's just like it's it's wholesome and it's kind of fun yeah like definitely that first episode of Z was kind of like the the ending of that first episode was a little intense mm-hmm. but and I was, was watching like, it with my son too so I was like oh yeah Whoa, wait turn your head kid <laughs> it's like that was probably like it probably a little bit like 
Um, yeah, they're probably like, but that sequence was really, I thought mm. it was really cool. I was like, oh, I, I kind of dig this. So um, I did real quick. I did watch the Super Inframan. Um, Wes, if you haven't watched that yet, I, you're. It, it's so bad, but it's so good. It's so cheesy and dumb. Is it the but one I think you'll super... appreciate it. It's like this, this up real quick. 70s. Oh, 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 yeah, the Chinese one. Mm. It's. Yeah. I've heard things about that. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a thing but that exists it is a thing that exists and it not is not copyright infringing whatsoever <laughs> it is mildly uh it is just dumb fun in the best possible way it's like it's so bad it's good kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah as far as like anything else i just uh i'm just uh, yeah man i'm a an abysmal failure anyways josh <laughs> Well, I disagree. Um, even though you lost to the final boss in uh, Octopath again. Twice. Uh, that that does not make you a failure. I don't know. I'm trying to remember how many times I lost to him before I, I finally beat him. And I say him, I mean it, thing, what you know, whatever. Anyways, um, now that we're spoiling everything about it. But that the character... Um, Anyways, yeah, it's it's tough battle. It's tough battle. I've only made it like twenty hours into that game, and I'm just like, this is really hard. <laughs> I can't do this. This is really hard. It's like Dude, the chess I mean, conversation I... we were having earlier. I can't. It's it appeal, it's it's all for me. The 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 appeal in Octopath is like the storytelling is 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 adequate. It's fine. It's good. It's fun. Uh, it is very much like that bravely default sort of like mm. combat hook where I'm like mm. I'm just like how can I like combine these systems like in these different classes and different passives and everything in a way that just breaks the game and once you find some of those it's like oh this is this is like just like you're just like you know just kind (laughs) of like just running through slaughtering monsters Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah i mean it, it does it does literally teach you how to break enemies so that's that's part of it for sure uh oh man i love that game like even just you talking about it (laughs) yeah even that album that album you suggested oh yeah so good good. my goodness like the first half is perfect for studying like it's great just chill music you know like violin it's nice and happy and and just super chill and then all of the all of the metal rendition. It sounds like, um, I, I'm not sure who the composer is for it, but it sounds like they tried to take uh, Octopath Traveler music and combine it with something like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, where it's that like mm-hmm. big, heavy, guitar-driven orchestral music. It, it's really... Because I listened to a few tracks from... Um, from Xenoblade from the original the other day and I was just like oh man why have I not listened to this in a long time this is like that is such a good soundtrack anyways mm-hmm. I digress um I don't have much to report on I've really only been playing uh Ease 8 yeah it's Ease 8 um Lacrimosa of Donna it's a good time like I like I've said it's a very gamey video game and it's it's got its nice little anime tropes but it, it's cool it's it stays grounded basically you're um this adventurer you're on a ship sailing across the ocean on on like a cruise liner with a bunch of other people and a huge squid attacks your 
the ship and you wash up in this deserted island. So you're going through the island trying to find all the other people from the ship and build your own little town. Uh, and, and so y'all can survive together while also uncovering the mystery of this island and why, you know, no one's ever been to it and what's going on here. So it's a good time. It's a nice little action RPG. Um, so I can kind of button mash, but it has a nice, uh, challenge to it in that, like, yes, it is mostly button mashing, but you do have to know what you're doing. It's almost like if, uh, sorry, I compare everything, everyone compares everything to this, but it does slightly remind me of Dark Souls because there's a mechanic in which um, if you dodge at the right time in the in the middle of, of someone's attack, then like time slows down and you're invincible for like a few seconds. So um, there's more, like boss battles, you're not gonna just blindly smash the A button in order to in order to win. Like you need to have, like your positioning and your dodging, and, and if you pull off a special move right at that moment instead of dodging, then you get even more time. Uh, so so there are these systems that come into play that that give it some more depth, even though it it can be pretty simple for most of the game. Uh, so it's it's a fun time. I enjoy it. Um, I've been putting you know a few minutes here and there, a few times throughout the week into uh, I was going to say Harvest Moon, uh, Animal Crossing as well because that's always a that's always a good time just to chill in there, selling turnips, just making a ton of bells. Um, but that's pretty much Playing that stock market. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and you can cheese it by going online and finding finding islands where turnips sell for like 500 bells each. So you can rake in the cash. And that's basically all I've done recently. Uh, so so not very much there. And then every once in a while, like the other day, I downloaded the the demo for R type dimensions and played some R type on Switch. And then uh, I I booted up uh, the Genesis Classics Collection on Switch, and I was playing some Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Oh. So Puyo Puyo Two, I believe. Off. Yeah, I really, dude. That that <laughs> game is ruthless, though. Like mm-hmm. you, like I could beat like the first two characters, and then it's just oh man, they they like pile it on out of like the mm-hmm. you know ten or fifteen people in the in the main you know not story but you know the kind of main mode i could only get to the third one before i was like completely crushed because they're ridiculously good at that game um or i'm just ridiculously right up there with bad. sonic spinball <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go right up there uh and the interesting thing about that one is it's based on the 90s uh cartoon right 90s i think the american cartoon yes. so like it has the characters mm-hmm. from that cartoon that are not necessarily can- well not canon in the sense that they weren't in the games like that they were pulled from that cartoon into that game so it's just kind of mm-hmm. funny but it's a total reskin i believe it's the same game as kirby's uh shoot there was a kirby version on super nintendo avalanche i think there i think that's Is it, it that Maybe. sounds right yeah. that sounds right uh so i know that game's been re- like there's three different versions of the same game um so that's mm-hmm. that's fun and, and it's just a, it's just a good time there it brings me back because I used to play that a lot with my uh, with my siblings, uh, and we used to get pretty good. They they got way better than I did, um, but we could at least you know be going pretty fast and you know beat like five characters in the main storyline. Um, anyways, but now the tables have turned. Yeah, yeah, and I'm old and I'm terrible, and my reflexes <laughs> are what they used to be. <laughs> get off my lawn. 
Um, so oh that's my, how the turntable. <laughs> yes, how they turn those thirty threes. Um, so that's pretty much all the games that I've been playing. I have been watching, uh, as I've talked about on the previous episodes. I finished up Yu Yu Hakusho. And that was a good time. I really liked that anime. Um, even though, like, you could you could feel um, the mangaka's uh, kind of consternation with finishing out finishing out the anime, it, it or the manga at the time. You know, obviously the, the anime is based on. Like, it ends kind of abruptly. But I was told that it ends abruptly, so I was kind of preparing for it, and I was like, okay, no, 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 this makes sense in-universe, um, and just some of the themes, it, it, it's very interesting, because it, it starts off pretty light, it's it's kind of one of those monster of the week kind of things for the first few episodes, and then you get into, like, the big tournament arcs where, you know, it's like Dragon Ball Z powering up and fighting and and just having a good time and then like the second half of the anime you can tell like the characters are wrestling with more stuff so like after this huge tournament the main character goes back to the to the normal world and he's kind of like he he can't find his place in the normal world anymore because Mm -hmm. he's just like well i like i'm i'm this powerful you know i just beat all these stinking demons like am i really supposed to transition back into middle school yes he's a teenager yeah i know it doesn't make sense but whatever (laughs) (laughs) in universe so you see you see him kind of wrestle with these things and i really do think it was um the writer and i can't think of his name off the top of my head kind of wrestling with how do i continue this manga um and should i because if you if you look into it he was um like he's since said because it ends so abruptly and talked about why uh, he would only get about four hours of sleep a night because he had to work on it. The, the basically the whole Japanese manga system kind of churns people. That, yeah. it, it chews people that up. That industry and is terrible. Out. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Because it, re- yeah. because you're required mm-hmm. to put out so many pages per week mm-hmm. and not, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's <laughs> insane, an insane workload. So you, you can see him struggling with that, mm-hmm through the characters and then kind of giving mm-hmm. the middle finger at the end and just being like, I'm done with this. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's interesting that you brought up the Dragon Ball Z and Akira Toriyama mm-hmm. and all that, because he actually says something similar. And the way he approached everything is basically, he was like the biggest procrastinator in the world. And, <laughs> but he's also like a complete genius. Like right. He was actually able to write everything basically by the seat of his pants, like with no pre-planning whatsoever. That's uh, dumb. He would like, <laughs> wait until like the right right end where the deadline is and he would like fire off a bunch of pages and they'd just be like well guess you don't have a choice here <laughs> this is what we got it's powering up for the next few weeks yeah. and apparently <laughs> the entire super saiyan transformation yeah was so that he didn't have to draw in all the hair that's right black. i i heard about that once yeah that's that's yeah. stinking hilarious um yeah. the thing i find interesting about the author of yu yu mm-hmm. is actually he's actually married to the girl who authored sailor moon really Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, and they have like the most wholesome relationship apparently. Oh, like, they're just like the coolest <laughs> they're... <laughs> buddies, friends, art, you know, confidants, basically. So, yeah. that, that's really cool. I think so. Like, oh, we've both this, been this chewed up good. and spat out <laughs> our entire lives. <laughs> Let's retire 
on our piles of money. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. They both found some success. That's awesome. Um, so then I started and I, I just totally blew through the entire thing over the course of like three or four days, just constantly watching it on my iPad while I was doing stuff around the house, changing the oil on my car and doing dishes and things like that. I watched through all of Death Note. Um, and that was, I enjoyed it. Uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier and um, I do think it was inconsistent uh, certainly like the first dozen or so episodes were the best and uh, it doesn't get back to that goodness but I think what were you gonna say I was just gonna say like yeah I really feel like the the series starts out really strongly mm-hmm. and then just the further it goes the just the dumber it gets it just yes. like it just sort of like is it light is the name yes. mm-hmm. of the wink? Like he, it just gets more and more contrived and stupid yes. and just sort of like self-indulgent. Maybe yeah. it might be the right word, but it's just like, it's very clever. And then it just goes, whoop. Yeah. Like it suffers almost from the same problem as like, I think maybe like lost would mm-hmm. um, like if you guys have ever watched lost, there's just this, you can tell that there's something really clever and they just don't know how to resolve it. They don't know how to deal with it. And they just, it's just this contrived, and it's just silly. Yeah. And it's really a shame because it's like, if you would have taken a little bit more time to like maybe frame this out and really ended this well, you could have something like masterful. Yeah. And instead what you have is just something that's sort of like, you know, it's, it's in the discord, Paul mentioned, uh, just re- I was actually just reading the comment where he was sort of like ripping on uh, Ernest Klein's books, uh, Ready okay. Player One mm-hmm. and Armada. And the things that I really don't like about those books is like they're fine, but they're also like dumb and pandering and self-indulgent in the worst possible ways. Mm-hmm. If people like them, that's fine. You're allowed to like what you like. Mm-hmm. But like don't come at me and say like, oh, this is like really good writing because it's not. Yeah, It's a super nerd sitting around with all his buddies and talking about all the 80s trivia and how he likes Rush and D&D and all this other like nerdy stuff <laughs> yeah. but it's uh, like they're all like we're on the, we're in on the joke and it's like yeah. it's sort of like Death Note fans kind of are in the same camp for me where it's like it's like this thing isn't that good you keep telling yourself and everybody else that it's really great and it's kind of like middling at best <laughs> i mean fair enough but did you you didn't see it through to the end did you no i watched the whole thing oh, okay you did like okay. all the okay. way to the end and i so thought I, it... I stopped after the first 10 episodes okay okay um so i i do think there's something like even though it had it had gone downhill by the end and i completely agree with you i think there it's funny we'll talk we'll probably get to it if not this episode, the next episode, I think there's a moment in Persona 5 where they do the exact same thing as Death Note where it's just like, okay, that's that's stretching it. Like, you're going a little too far with it. Like, that's, it's a little, it's paper thin at this point to, to think that you're playing 4D chess that many moves ahead, you know, like, and you understand what everyone is going to do. Uh, regardless, I so, think, it, are, are, is the sequence that you're talking about involved the interrogation room? Yes, Okay. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was like a falling off point for me. Yes. But we'll get there. We'll right. get there at some point in time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, 
but and yes death note does the same thing like yeah i i completely agree with you i do think so for anyone who hasn't seen death note uh i don't want to go into the entire story but i will say my best comparison is like it is like an anime version of breaking bad if walt you saw how much of a jerk and a-hole he was three episodes in instead of waiting till like the very end because like even at the beginning of the anime you're just like oh man like something's wrong with this kid and so i would say like the very last pretty much the last episode where everything kind of comes to a head and he's like flailing trying to get out of everything that he had created and spoiler alert but he gets his just desserts I feel like the way that he responds to that was very fitting for everything that he had done. Um, yeah. So I would say, I would say at the very end, it kind of, it kind of turns upward again because it, then it frames the entire show as like a, a warning as opposed to like, this guy was a good guy. Like, no, you actually see how it comes to bite him in the rear end. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like the, I know, like, I I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. I do feel like there's just a giant slab of mediocrity mm-hmm. right in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not, like, it was hard for me to watch the middle. Like, I almost, okay. but it was, like, one of those things where I would just, like, I would just, like, put it on and sort of, like, yeah, yeah. It was, like, it, it was, like, one of those things, like, I'm, I'm already invested in this thing. Yeah. Like, and it, totally. it was, like, all, there was this, there was a constant sort of hope. Mm-hmm. I was, like, yeah, maybe they'll turn this back. thing around and then it was like at the very end i was like well i guess but because those like it, it you know to just sort of those first 10 12 episodes are really solid yeah and then it just sort of like they they just they just lost their way yes i don't know yeah i completely but, agree and i feel like it, the way that it all comes to a head at the very end like it they could have done it much better. I see what they were trying to do, but because the characters were not developed enough at that point, yeah. because they had to bring in new characters to do that, um, it, it, I could see how it would have, like the impact that they were going for, but it wasn't there because they hadn't developed those characters. So no, I, I completely agree. It is a flawed series um, for sure, but I did enjoy what I got out of it. And like I said, it's it's inconsistent. Would I recommend it? Eh, I mean, watch a couple episodes and see if you get hooked because that initial kind of like chess that's going on between some of the main characters is really cool. And that's what I really liked. They, yeah, they just kind of lose their way after that. So, um, anyways, I enjoyed it, even though, yeah, I mean, it's soft recommendation at most. Um, so that, uh, I finished up Pilgrim Theology, I finished listening to it. And my goodness, it's a good book. But the audiobook version that I got is terrible because um, even though it's like supposed to be, I think something like 17 hours, it ended up being 30 because at the end of every chapter, it would go back two chapters and read another chapter. And then it would, it jumped around just at the chapter points. So I don't know what was up, whether it was the app or I tried deleting it off my phone and re-downloading it multiple times and it still kept doing that. So it was really frustrating because there are no like chapter markers in the app that I was using. So I would kind of just fast forward and then listen to the last half. And anyways, so, 
Um, it is a good book, and it, like we talked about, it's definitely because it's a, a systematic. Um, I need to spend time like actually reading the book as opposed to listening to it, so that I can kind of get more of it and and follow kind of his reasoning because he goes pretty deep in a lot of areas um, that I need to study more. So it's it's definitely a good book, but I was kind of burned by the app that I was listening to it in, and then I started reading just today. Because I'm done with my class for the next month, uh, but a baby's coming, so I started reading uh, for like the fourth time. I've started it, and I'm trying. I'm I'm hoping that I can actually finish it. Uh, I, I I don't know the exact name. It's something like um, it's like the distinctiveness of Baptist covenant theology. I think mm. is the is the I've title that, something yeah. like that. Um, and I've been mm-hmm. I've had it on Kindle forever. Um, and I mean, I say forever, like four years at this point, and I haven't finished it. I've started it a number of times. Well, started that's basically again. forever in internet time. I mean, y- yes. Yeah. It <laughs> certainly feels like it. Uh, that's forever. In I see an angry Presbyterian face though. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's Baptist covenant theology is a nonsense term. Well, okay. Well, you need to read the book then because <laughs> I'm, this I'm is... just, I'm playing the grump there. I'm just <laughs> playing the grump. That's it. Exactly. So it's, it's talking about um, just distinguishing between, yeah, the different views of covenant theology and, and the um, continuity and discontinuity of the old covenant and the new covenant covenant of works covenant of grace and where those overlap so um it's really interesting but it's definitely something like i, I doubt that there's an audiobook version of this book but it was not it would not be something i'd want to listen to an audiobook because i've had to reread sections just because i'm like okay this is already going over mm-hmm. my head and i'm i'm only you know 15 pages in uh so mm-hmm. gotta drill down and really focus Uh, that is what I have been into, but now we're going to, we're going to, you know, we circle back earlier in this episode. We're going to circle back again because we're going to talk about what Wes has been into for the past couple months. Persona freaking five. That's what we're discussing today. And actually Persona five. So yes, even though Wes can finish it in 40 hours or whatever it was, uh, (laughs) A normal I was, I was two minutes under fifty-two hours. <laughs> two minutes under fifty-two hours. Nice. That's, Dang, that is, That's yeah. my uh, trophy, basically. Less than half of what I spent on it. Um, even though I've oh, talked about it on the podcast, I do think numbers were largely inflated because I so fell asleep gross. so many times. Um, but a, a mere mortal oh. generally finishes the game in about a hundred hours. Um, and because of that, because this game is so beefy, it, that is, that is some straight flex in us, like straight flex on <laughs> straight that. Straight up, dude. I don't know how. I yeah, I I don't understand it. I don't understand time it. time wizard dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I I need to I need to start watching more Toku or something because that's know pretty what much it. it. I'm harnessing the power of Ultraman, Common Rider. <laughs> 
and the Red Ranger. And, well, I am... the, and he he does this too. All like you know, he mentioned earlier that he was fixing his broken pipes outside. Mm-hmm. All the while, like chopping working wood, on like basically chopping wood, multiple children, being, like <laughs> staying yes, at work like, all day because you're teaching kids and preparing beast mode. Yeah. Well, let me tell you guys it. about the mystical properties of Pacific Northwestern water here, <laughs> and then we can you know have a good discussion. Ah. Mm. Ah. It's because you guys are on the you know middle of the country or the east coast and everything but where this is where the real men are at the west coast (laughs) ouch yes ouch we hunted for gold and we liked it you cut me deep cut me deep wes challenging my manhood i I, I don't have i'm just like i'm so befuddled (laughs) by this assault on my masculinity (laughs) that i just i i can't i can't while at the same time you never saw it coming I never saw it coming. Hey. But um, <laughs> there we go. all right, it's too fast oh. for eyes. Um, oh. So, uh, persona, so uh, yeah. As I was saying, it's a huge game, guys. You know, we're so good at being bad at brevity, especially when we have friends on. We like to talk about all kinds. As as you've already seen clearly, because we're already pretty far into the episode. So that being said, we decided to split up our discussion of Persona 5 into two different episodes. Um, and that is so that, you know, we wouldn't have this large four-hour supercast of Persona 5, you know, backlog breakdown royal version uh, that's not happening today, as you can clearly see from the app that you're listening to this in. But so t- today... The first half of this discussion is going to be about Persona 5, the game. Now, I know that sounds weird, but I just mean we're going to discuss it as a game, what we thought of it overall, uh, some of the mechanics in the game, the characters, the way that um, the game kind of conveyed... JRPGs nowadays are done very different. Persona 5 is a very different game than some of our favorites in the genre, some of our Super Nintendo favorites. There's a reason that the game is so huge because they tried to pack all this stuff into it. And I, I mean, I don't, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes. I think that they did it very well. That, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a reason it's so long because they put so much into it and, and they're trying to, to tell a story here. Um, we're not going to go into the overarching themes and some of the motifs that the game delivers throughout the story. That is going to be more next time, next episode, um, because at that point, there is just so much. This game touches on so many um, cultural things. I mean, Wes has already brought it to our attention, uh, some some things that... I have not been able to see as a fully, uh, as an uncultured American, I will say. Uh, you that swine. I am, certainly. And, and I can't even call myself a man anymore because it took me 100 plus hours to beat this game. But <laughs> uh, so so this game touches on, on a lot of different things. So this time around, we're simply <laughs> going to, to discuss this game as a game, if that makes any sense. So uh, before we start diving in, I'd just like to ask, what are y'all's overall thoughts on Persona 5 as a game? Did you enjoy it? Do you think 
it uh, it it did what it set out to do. What what are some of your just like highlights or low points of the game that y'all think about when you think about Persona Five? What do you think about? Go ahead, style, Wes. style, yes. so much style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is such a beautiful, beautiful game, and I've never. I mean, the only thing that I could really liken it to is like when I booted up. Uh, oh, what is it called again? <laughs> Uh, the world ends with you. When I booted okay. up the world ends yeah. with you on the DS back in you know late uh, two thousand nine or whenever it first released, it, it has that same kind of feeling. That more like urban Tokyo, like the Shibuya, a little bit yeah. of that kind of like general aesthetic and flavor that you would see from that sort of like environment. And you can even see it with the remake that came out on switch it's just such a similar style of game taking place in very much the same locations too so it makes sense that it would be like very visually striking in the same way mm-hmm. and honestly like it's it's just everything pops everything is just vibrant alive you're going around the city and you overhear these different conversations you see these different types of people that you can interact with or just like just doing crazy things just on their own it's just such a it feels so alive. It just feels like a living yeah. game. Is that kind of what you guys are getting to it too? I definitely have to echo this style and mm-hmm. like aesthetically, this is a sharp looking game. I mean, and that style is not just in like character design or environment design. It's in the menu design. It's in mm-hmm. the battle system design. It's yeah. in the like the battle menu itself. The music is like that crazy psycho pop jazz funk whatever mm. that style is i think somebody at one point called like acid jazz or something like that mm-hmm. um it's just really like it this thing oozes style for me i'll be honest like looking at it now my biggest problem was like the game at a lot of times like you know in some ways the cities felt very alive but the gameplay itself just like from a moment to moment sort of and it's due to the nature of some of the, even that like visual novel sort of style of gameplay that takes in it, like in the the sort of the day planner sort of mm-hmm. that got really tedious to me and okay. felt like a little empty a little rote like it just and i've heard royal has like a lot of like quality of life fixes for that but i was i was really kind of bogged down in that like the dungeons okay. Like just as far as like when you talk about like the dungeons and the themes and everything it's like there's some really like very cool stuff um and just in sort of talking about like just sort of broad brushing like mementos was fun but even that got like there there's there's so, sort of a note of like tedium that sort of creeps into that game a little bit where there is a part of me that wishes like you know they would have just like cleaned it up a little bit tightened it up like i mm-hmm. i feel like there were some some parts where they sort of extend things and they brought in and out there was just a part like I I like the game. This is mm-hmm. a very strong should play from me. Like just even the vanilla version. Like I'm like this game is really good. They, there's a lot of really cool steps, but overall I just felt like there was a there. It it tends to almost have like a bloated at times. It just feels mm-hmm. a little bloated, like a little top heavy. In that regard, then I kind of feel the same way you do about it in terms of like the bloat, kind of like the weird wrote stuff that you have to do but did you feel the same way when it came to like persona 4 when you were playing that did it feel kind of similar to you yeah i and it might just be like the games themselves it might just be like one of those things where i kind of 
I just like that's the, like a part of the gameplay that just sort of I fry on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I didn't like to be honest though. I don't know if I noticed it as much in mm-hmm. Persona Four. Now mm-hmm. I'm also a few years removed from you know Persona Four, Persona Four Golden, whatever. Well, I asked that because in be- in between the time of you know starting Persona Five and getting back into it, I also played and beat Persona Three as well on the PSP and. I could see that it, it felt it felt a little more streamlined. It could just be because I was playing the Persona 3 Portable Edition, which itself was designed to be a little more streamlined since mm-hmm. it doesn't really have an overworld map. You just kind of move around. Or it doesn't have, like, the three-dimensional characters and everything. You just have, like, this overworld map, and you're just choosing places to go from a list and everything. Yeah. And I was able to bust through that thing in, like, 30 hours. I hardly skipped anything. <laughs> I maxed out the social links, like, as much as I can, all the stats. I felt like I got, like, pretty much the entire game done in 30 hours flat. <laughs> it just felt like it was just way more streamlined. And I don't know. Persona 5 does have this bloat problem that I can totally see. And it just kind of overwhelms you a little bit with some of the analysis paralysis type stuff where you just have so many choices of what you can do every single day that you're like i, I have no idea what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna go home and sleep like real life <laughs> yeah yeah there you yeah. go that well it, once again wes over here uh the manly man beaten games that that was a third of the time that it t- now i played persona 3 fess on uh playstation 2 through my playstation 3 um, but I remember that one taking me 90 hours because I remember, oh man, well, you know, the final boss fight and how that, how that plays out. Like I remember finally taking that down and like looking at the counter and it was right at 90 hours. Um, so I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been playing this quite a while. Um, I will say from my perspective, because I had already played Persona 3 and Persona 4, um, I do feel similarly in that it was kind of more of the same, it was the same structure, right? It, it was, it was the same, like building up social links and the social, I, I might be biased uh, be, because again, Persona 3 is my favorite. And then Persona 4 um, was definitely a step down for me. Um, I, spoiler, I'm going to, well, spoiler in terms of my own personal opinions. Why, what do you care about that? Um, is that I, I would rank five in between three and four personally, personally. Um, but I would say like at this point, none of the like confidants, none of the social links really hit me as hard as three did. Um, and it's primarily because I had already seen it in two other games, right? And in those two other games, I had spent another 80 to 90 hours playing each one. So I, I don't remember what my final time on Persona 4 was. So I had already been through the motions. Now, of course, it's been years since I've played either of those, you know, probably a good four or five years um, since I first started playing Persona because those are the only ones I've played in the series. Um, so... It, it didn't feel quite as new, although the way that they use social links and interconnected the things that you were getting in the social links into the gameplay that influenced the way that you fought battles, I felt like really helped to differentiate them or even to the sense of like, okay, I'm not getting much out of this this one character storyline but i am actually getting a huge advantage in battle from Mm -hmm. from increasing this social link and so i do feel like they were able to um still catch you you know like still hook you in even if it wasn't in the way necessarily in the same way again persona 3 to me i felt like the narrative for that one was really was really good in the theming where 
five was like okay maybe maybe it was a little weak in one area but it's still it was so interconnected all of the different systems that were in play helped to elevate everything and so i have a difficult time because on the one hand um i think about persona 5 and it is so huge you guys use the term bloated and to a certain extent, I agree with that because, you know, 60 hours in, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, how much longer <laughs> is this going to go in? Well, another at least 40 hours. Um, like, this is crazy. Well, and I even remember discussing it in Discord and asking, like, Paul had asked, like, what what is the story for this game? And 60 hours in, I'm like, I don't really know. Like, there's not... <laughs> Like the story beats, mm. I've I've been introduced to different characters, and you're going to high school, and like there's something that's happening. You're doing some weird things. I remember trying to explain it to someone. One of my friends asked me what game I was playing on my Vita when I was doing remote play, um, and I was like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna have to try and explain this." Where you're going into people's <laughs> heads and changing their hearts because they're really evil, and like it's it's just the weirdest concept, um, but. You take all that in, I have a hard time describing it as bloated because the developers did so many smart things throughout the course of this game that caused, yeah, I guess just benefits in other areas of the game. So if the narrative isn't isn't hooking you, then maybe another system that they introduce will help you in that. Or even to the to the extent that Look, I spent 100 hours on it. My experience with the game could be radically different than someone else's who got totally different social links, who unlocked different things in order to battle in different ways. So personally, I'll just say, I felt that this game was very easy, especially when playing other Shin Megami Tensei games and playing other Persona games. I felt like this was very easy. That said, I also recognize early on, it was fairly early on in the game, you know, the first half of the game, I um, increased a social link so much that I got equipment that helped me to regain uh, SP during battle, right? So I've I've actually watched other YouTubers give reviews about this game and talk about how every boss they came up against, they were using all of their items and constantly like running out of items and running out of SP. And I'm just like, oh, I never bumped up against that because I would abuse the fact that I could just go into a battle and like regain my SP or I wasn't low on health because I could always continually use um, healing the spells and then just regain my SP in side battles. So Mm -hmm. I, yes, I agree to a certain extent it is bloat. It's a huge game at the same time. I do feel like there are so many smart decisions that were made in the development of the game that um, there's a reason for how large that it it like it actually um, makes a good case and and I have a hard time thinking how they can cut stuff out now that said I haven't played Royal Mm -hmm. so apparently that's the the better version of the game so I I don't know maybe I'm just talking down my butt here but no if you want to talk about bloated Royals bloated to the teeth oh my goodness it has so much additions to it like I'm just like how in the world am I going to get anything done at this point really oh wow unbelievable they have this entire like thieves den that you can decorate it's like your own little home base okay you have furniture and all sorts of different things (laughs) that you get to like deck it out with and you get to run around (laughs) as different characters it's crazy but 
Well, but yeah, they, they found a way to make it even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the like, but I think that some of that quality of life stuff, like the the extra activities and stuff, for me, one of the big problems was there were just times when I was like, I don't understand. They never in in just the vanilla version. I don't mm-hmm. think there was ever really a great sort of like, hey, you should probably. I don't know. There's just sort of all these open-ended options, but then a lot of it just feels empty and sort of meaningless. Hmm. Like, like it's like, hey, you can take a bath and raise your charisma or whatever, hmm. or you can do this. And I was just kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, I like the game. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I really do, and I. I enjoyed pursuing some of the social links. Now there was like a weird, and I think for the most part, like, you know, our conversation on this side of it is probably going to be pretty spoiler free, but, um, Mm. I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean, we might get a little spoilery. Um, but I was like looking at some of the social link stuff and I looking through, like when I was reading back through some of this, I realized that I didn't take Ryuji's, social links far enough to unlock his like insta kill ability and a lot of people were just like yeah that changes the so i in some ways i feel like i played persona 5 in in some people's opinion the best possible way Mm -hmm. um so you know because i i am a little confused by that i did max out his social link what is this insta kill is that just when he like gives you a high five and like smacks him upside of the head with his bat randomly no okay it has to do with ambushing and everything so if you ambush a persona and you are a higher level and it takes into consideration like different levels and such and Mm -hmm. points uh it will automatically just say like oh well you just win this battle and it'll give you the mask of that character but you don't gain any experience or gold or anything through the vanilla persona Gotcha. Five, but in Persona 5 Royal, they totally like, there's like, oh yeah, you get all this experience, you get all this, uh, again, <laughs> you get this new Persona and everything if you just like basically run by the enemy. So yeah, wow. I can see And 5 why. Royal, the, I, I think I read, you can actually turn that off too. You can turn Ryuji's insta-kill off. In a sense, you or, just don't have to run by the character. If you run by an enemy, it'll automatically trigger. So if you don't okay. run, then yeah, it won't have a, it won't be a problem for you, but yeah, it, honestly, that was a game changer. That was like the best part of that game, I think. Being oh, wow. able to, even in vanilla, where you just like beat the mass down. That's probably why I was able to just bust through the game so quickly because I was just ambushing, 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 and then just leveling mm-hmm. up in mementos whenever I had, would go there or was forced to go there, I should yeah. say. Huh. I never used that to my recollection. I'll have to pull up like a YouTube video of, of mm-hmm. seeing it because that does not ring a bell at all. Uh, Interesting. But. There you to go. me, that'd be like playing Earthbound without getting all those, you know, instant win battles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's like the first thing I tried to do. Huh. Huh. I just... Well, there you go. It, at the end of the day, and and I guess this is just sort of like my opinion, mm-hmm. there was part... The, the game sort of just felt a little like empty. Yeah, there was like a lot of bloat, but it wasn't meaningful, you know? And it and and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that eventually, if I ever do come around to playing 5R, like, you know, Royal... Uh, I'm hoping that like some some of that stuff's gonna feel like a little more impactful and meaningful. It's like outside of like chasing down certain social link stuff, it was like all that auxiliary stuff just kind of felt like, I guess whatever. I don't. Know. I think some of it too has to do with just like there was a like a point where it just I felt like overloaded. Like mm-hmm. it, it yeah. either went from like there's like nothing to do or there's like I have to choose between like a bajillion different things. Yeah, and. 
I don't know. And it might just be one of those things where the game, you know, as, as I've gotten older, maybe it's just my game gaming tastes and what I want out of a game have mm-hmm. sort of changed. And I was yeah. just like, maybe this just is sort of was sort of a like, well, this isn't really like for me, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that could be it. And it on, for me, I am mostly intrigued by by a lot of like the story and the connections and things like that. I guess I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So like I would always privilege social links over uh, the attributes of of your main character. I named my main character Ren because I looked up online, you know, like what's his canon name because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Um, and apparently he has two different canon names, so there you Akira go. Akira is the other yeah, one. Yeah, which is a super cool mm-hmm. name, but I went with Ren. That's I named I named mine Akira. Nice. Oh, hey. I named mine after myself. I'm just an egotist, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, you're just you're far more manly than we are. That, you're like I don't I don't need the Wes I don't care. Beat this canon. game in 40 hours. What's up? <laughs> he's like he's like. I make canon. <laughs> I am the canon. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man, really channeling that end of the game vibe. Uh, but we're not going to go into that until the next episode. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. so, yeah, like I said, I, I really went for, for a lot of the social links. So I agree that, like, a lot of the time it did feel like it was either, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I guess I'll read a book. And then other nights, I'm like, okay, there's six different people that want to hang out with me. <laughs> like, I don't know who to choose. This uh, like, I'm frustrated yeah. because there's so that, many yeah, good options. That <laughs> because yeah, it was like the, these moments where it's like there's nothing, 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 and then it's like everybody's like, hey, let's hang out, and I'm like, where have you guys been <laughs> yeah. for the last three weeks? You there suck. You You're all terrible friends. <laughs> you know what the problem with that was though? Apparently, if Based on how you actually like solidify your uh, strategy, what what is it? How do, they, how do they put it in the game where you like okay you uh, secure your route basically in the palace? Mm-hmm. Based on when you actually secure your route, that will actually lock you out of doing specific like social link things. <laughs> and I I had to go oh, to wow. a guy like I'm pl- I'm gonna confess I'm playing Persona Five Royal completely like with a step by step guide on what I do every single day on how to maximize every single Dang. experience and that's it's that's how saying, i'm going to play it <laughs> if i ever like i'm like i'm like yeah i want i want somebody to tell me exactly what i need to do to maximize that game because mm-hmm. like i there's no way like I, I feel like part of it too is like because you know what like the thing is i i'd secure the route to the 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 palace like within the first day or two right exactly like yeah that's and how I did so it too. But in the and guide, that, it's actually saying like, "Oh no, you better wait until this date because you are actually going to lock yourself out of confidence with all of your teammates." For wow, reason. I'm just like, "What oh, the shoot?" That's why I didn't. You know. <laughs> that Sorry, is you there. Stay. You go. Like there you the go. yeah, it, I just felt like I just was like, "Why is nobody like?" You know what? That explains a lot. That I'm wondering if I if like if I were to go back and play through and just sort of put that off until like the last like couple of days. I'm, yeah, man. Well, I doggone it. I think too, like this this goes to my point <laughs> earlier of like I I do think that even though it's so long, you can have a completely different experience playing it depending on some of the things that you do. And so again, I just have a hard time with everything that this game does saying like I don't know how they're going to cut it down even to the point of you know we're not going into the story and themes in this episode but um 
at the very like the very end of the game the last like 10 hours of the game you actually realize why there are so many uh dungeons up until that point so there are seven different dungeons um it did in the middle of it it did feel like it was dragging on for me it's like okay another dungeon and, and maybe if the dungeons were shorter you know and it's not that any of the dungeons in and of themselves were bad but it's just that one after the other after the other like it's the same kind of cycle of like, okay, go into a dungeon. Okay. Now do social link stuff. Okay. Now progress the story for a couple hours of like visual novel and, and that over and over seven times, uh, it just felt like, okay, this is dragging on. Um, but then at the very end, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to compare it here of even like I talked about death note earlier of like that last episode to me was so satisfying that it validated some of the stuff that that getting to that point i think narratively and maybe yeah maybe i shouldn't have even made this point because it goes more into what we'll talk about next time um but i do think like some of the yeah just some of the themes you finally see them towards the end of the game as opposed to when you're actually going through it um, so yeah, I, I would say that that is one of like the low points of the game was just how it did kind of feel like it dragged on in the middle of that just because of the dungeon, it, just because you're doing the same things over again, dungeon, uh, social link, mementos, uh, and sprinkled throughout that is like hours of visual novel. To me, it's hours. Maybe I, I don't read fast no, enough, it, Wes. It definitely feels like hours. <laughs> And I read, I read fairly quickly, not, not nearly as quickly as Wes. Well, Well, like I said, I fell asleep multiple times. So that's my fault too. It's like, (laughs) what does that say about the story though? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it just, that, that more speaks to my own sanity of like trying to play this game, you know, and stay up late. Like that, that just doesn't work. If it's a game, like I'm going to reference it again, dark souls, uh, that one will keep me up all night and I'm just like pumped. Like I cannot fall asleep playing something like that. But RPGs, they're they're a lot more uh, easygoing. You don't have to have, use those twitch reflexes. And so they don't, uh, they don't make my blood pump the same way that action games do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, like you mentioned like the palaces and like that that is a big sort of well, it's like you said, there's that sequence of sort of like palace mementos, day planner, whatever, you know, there's, you sort of, it's, it's a very wash, rinse, repeat mm-hmm. sort of cycle. Let's sort of like hang out and, and talk about the palaces for a few minutes. Um, you know, just, and again, this isn't super spoilery, but each one of the palaces, there's seven yeah. palaces and each one of them is themed after one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I think is sort of interesting is that thematically, it's yes, there is a sin that is sort of like centralized, but it is interesting how like all the sins sort of like tie together as well, because it's not like in the pride palace, it's not just pride, mm-hmm. you know, in that individual, it's like there's some other issues that sort of creep up in the lust palace, you know, and, and sort of these things. And in a lot of ways, they, they did it fairly tastefully. I think you mentioned, Josh, earlier, or no, Wes, uh, that you're in the casino uh, palace again, which is actually one of my favorite palaces. Mm-hmm. I think, like, and, and even as a framing device, like, because this is kind of spoilery, but like how the game starts 
and it's and then you realize that you're in the like and you recognize that you're sort of in these like flashbacks and then all of a sudden like you get to that palace and you say like you actually get caught up and they're like so the, the timeline is not you're not just recollecting like all this stuff like you're actually at that point in time from that point on you're actually moving forward temporally mm-hmm. and i just thought the design for the casino palace was probably the best mm-hmm. just as far as like overall i mean you know uh you have the the castle um then the what was uh gore or not gore's uh the the one that looks like that dude from Tiger King, the fat Yakuza. Um, oh oh oh, Kaneshiro. Yeah, right. his what was his palace? The bank. Okay, right. and yeah. then you have the art gallery and all these other things. And so there's, I don't know. I thought like the themes were interesting. Very mm-hmm. much appreciated the the design elements and sort of like the consistency there. I I'm just kind of like curious as to what your guys' thoughts on the palaces overall was like. Like I know Wes, you have like some some insight, and you've done a little bit of like you have some like really like your, your notes were very good. So you know, at any point in time, if you want to bust out into <laughs> some of that stuff, man, mm-hmm. uh, I think design wise, they led off with like basically the best palace that they could with the castle. I feel mm-hmm. like once they they hit that high note so early on, but then directly afterwards, you have the museum, then you have the bank. And those two, honestly, they just felt so forgettable and so mm-hmm. annoying, especially with having to like s- decipher like the codes in order to put it into like the ATM and everything. Like, I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to look up the numbers and I'm just going to go, <laughs> go through that. I'm not looking for all these piggies and everything and finding the little codes. That's that. how you but, did it so fast. I'm just <laughs> I kidding. Mean, <laughs> I, I cheat a lot, you know, <laughs> all the cheat codes. But, and then you get all the to- cheat codes. Mm-hmm. And then you get over to the Pyramid Palace, and then it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, this is fantastic. Like, this is really great, and all the stuff really ties in well with the story of the individual in the palace, without spoilers and everything, but all of the puzzles relate to that person somehow. And then you move on to, I believe it's after the casino. No, after the Pyramid. Is that Okamura? Okamura? Oh, my God. The Space Palace. I hate that palace so much. Oh, my goodness. The Space Palace? It's real nice. Like... Okay, like let's pause a minute for there because like that is arguably one of the weakest palaces, even though it has the potential to be one of the coolest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does introduce best girl Haru, um, mm-hmm. but absolutely, dude. I mean, Anne is pretty pretty dope, but Haru is best girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. Like I I still mourn well, the fact that like I yeah I'm I'm angry <laughs> about that. I'm angry. Like Anne Anne is legit. Like she's, I, I like her, <laughs> but Haru is best girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, well, they, they the were girl. all pretty, they were all pretty lame. Now, now Paul is, <laughs> is like turning off the episode right now because we're yeah, talking about like the, the weird but... dating, like, can we, okay, quick sidebar, like the weird dating game stuff is like, or like, you know, girlfriend simulator element. It's just kind of like, I, yeah, like, I, I'm just kind of like, I'm like, did why does this make me feel awkward and creepy? Like, can we do this in a way that just like, if you're going to like introduce these things, can I not feel like a total skis bucket? Yeah. So I think the problem, well, one is just romance and video games. Like how do you pull that off? Well, uh, so there's that, but, um, 
I, and this is a problem with every single person like modern persona game is that your character is like the most like charming amazing person in the world that everyone falls for um and mm-hmm. it makes sense in terms of a game mechanic but in terms of the game i just feel like really like this guy has barely any kind of personality but everyone is just like oh my goodness i'm you know like you're you're in my presence right now i love you so much um and so yeah i agree simply because it's so like over the top ridiculous about how every woman fawns over you in all of these games admittedly since persona 3 it's the same thing Um, it's like and then like even so like did you guys like i turned down a few relationships and like like let's be honest like it's creepy when like the teacher yeah. and the doctor yes. like these are professional the journalist <laughs> like like how scummy is this garbage like i'm like and maybe that's just me being like an ethnocentric like d-bag but like no this is like real scummy nasty like and then you, you know at one point in time i made the mistake of going to the persona 5 reddit um, <laughs> always a mistake. Always. Whole the shippers are insane. The shippers are insane. I'm so glad I'm just, I don't know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> that's you know just recommendation. People don't <laughs> go to away. the Persona Five Redhead. It's so bad. And now I get emails about it from time to time. <laughs> oh, okay. it makes me angry. That's great. Um, it's like yeah, I was like, re- really? Like you're like no, but I mean, um, mm-hmm. like sort of. So backing up a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the space palace. Just oh, hold on, I, I did not yeah. get a chance to win. Uh, oh no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, yes. Wes. Okay, this is gonna reflect on me horribly. I'm guessing, but okay. I I knew I knew there was going to have to be a scene later on where this will come back to bite you in the butt. So I basically prioritized romancing every single person I possibly could. Because, <laughs> oh, no! Because when you get to that Valentine's Day scene, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it is probably the best bit of writing in the entire game, period. Okay. Like, it's, it's so I, funny. I watched, that, I watched that excerpt on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I want to avoid this, <laughs> like the plague. Oh, my gosh. It, it is so great because it's like, one of those only times, like, because really, like, these romances are basically completely meaningless, you know, because they have no impact on the main story whatsoever. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, even when you're on the trip in Hawaii and everything, and uh, Ryuji's talking to you about, like, oh, you know, did you go see someone, da 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 you know, hang out with someone? And it's like, two of the options right are right there, and they don't say, like, anything. But if you chose, like, either An or Makoto, like, it's basically like, they don't say anything. There's no reaction from them. It's just like, come on, guys, this is like... A PS3, PS4 game, you could at least change some of the dialogue to reflect, like, if you had asked one of them to go to the beach with you or something. But I mm-hmm. digress. That's just a storytelling nitpick. But I don't even know where I was going with that. But it was so funny. Like, I, w- I lived for that scene, basically. And nice. you basically, as long as you choose Ryuji to be your, like, Valentine's Day dude or whatnot, <laughs> that scene that comes up the day after is, like, worth the price of the game to me. So <laughs> if you don't have, if you have no knowledge of that, go look it up right now. And you can see... <laughs> I'll I'll have to check that out then because that that sounds because, awesome. Because Joker gets straight up called out and dogged out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's exactly. Good. Yeah, it actually magnificent made sense because it's like, oh, you've been like twelve timing all these different girls. <laughs> yeah, like yo, but how are the doctor and the journalist 
and the teacher gonna get mad that they got played by a high school student? <laughs> How? Like, no, you don't get to be mad. You get to feel stupid. Like, that's what you get to feel. Like, you like, are a grown you woman. Yes. yes. Before we before we uh, go back to the space palace, the one thing that I do have to say, I, I felt overall all of your like you were saying Haru is best girl. Okay, I felt meh about everyone in this game. Honestly, they weren't that great. Um, again, I'm biased. Persona Three Mitsuru is the best hands down forever. So That's true. there's like you you just can't compare. So. Anyways, Dude, I, I, they you were know meh. though, like Makoto, like honestly, like since we're on it, Makoto just felt like super bland in my opinion, mm-hmm. and like on on was like I don't know, there was something to her that I kind of dug, like I was like, oh yeah, she's like kind of seems like decent, like but Makoto is just like I am a robot, like and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like. Yeah, I so I, I did end up romancing on just because it was like the first one that that ended up happening, and it seemed to, you know the game seemed to kind of be pushing you in that direction. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a 30 year old dude, uh, but I feel like she had some stuff that she needed to work out. Maybe 10 years down the road, then like, yeah, she could have been cool, but she was a teenager like all the characters are teenagers you know and so she except just for exhibited. the freaking teacher <laughs> right except and the, the doctor aren't. and the journalist <laughs> yes exactly oh okay so space palace oh. we were talking about that um mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of the palaces and again i keep going back to this is that it's hard to cut stuff out because for the most part um yeah, there were some that weren't as good as the others, but I don't feel like there were any that were explicitly like, oh, I don't like this whatsoever. Like, I do feel like there was time and effort put into each one. I agree that Space Palace was annoying because of it's, the way that it it's worked the weakest, out. It is one of the weak, like weakest design elements, mm-hmm. just because with all of like the sort of like finding the bridges and the mm-hmm. backtracking and the weird, like it's just, I feel like thematically and just as far as like they tried to do some like platforming stuff with that part. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that's probably uh, up until that point, it's almost non-existent yeah. in the mm-hmm. game. And then it's like, all of a sudden, we're going to s- sort of throw these like weird platformy ish platform light challenges in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just frustrating. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's just frustrating. Where like the other, with the other palaces, like you hit a point where it's like, you, you might feel a little dumb because you're like, okay, like, yeah, I'm kind of struggling. But the game has already given you the tools that you need to, to play, to, 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 to get through the palace, to navigate the palace successfully. But, like, honestly, like, legitimately, I think, like, when it comes to Space Palace, uh, it's just, it's sort of a big, fat nothing burger. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, like, I don't know. Like, especially, too, because doesn't Space Palace come right after the pyramid? Or is that right before the pyramid? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right after. So, like, that is probably the second best dungeon in the game. Mm -hmm. That entire sequence, that boss fight, all of it, it's awesome mm-hmm. it's it is top notch like it out of all of the different palaces it's the one that feels the laziest mm-hmm. that's just me but and it's such a shame because it's such a beautiful aesthetic it's got like yeah. 1950s like 
1960s like robot space star trek type look to it yes like oh yeah i can get behind this but when it takes like 15 seconds to open up like a dna door and you have to go through those like every other door and it has to go through that entire loading scene it's like okay test okay you're approved you can go on through and it's yeah. just like, oh my gosh and then you have to find a different robot like uh their different ranks and everything and you have to get information yeah. out of them and go find that it's like interesting idea but they played it like three or four different times it's like this would be good like one or two times but you have to go and do this like so many different times it's so annoying and then yeah interestingly enough uh persona 5 royal fixes a lot of those problems and they streamline that dungeon insanely well with the caveat that they're going to make the boss unbelievably difficult <laughs> like near impossible to beat unless you boost up the game to like merciless mode so you just get a little bit of an attack damage modifier and actually are able to like beat these waves of enemies that reset every couple turns if you don't take them all down in one go basically uh. and they take away your ability to do all out attacks so it's just like oh my gosh like <laughs> if, what is this i am not playing shin megami tensei i am playing persona <laughs> this is not smt <laughs> I'm not playing mainline here. Come on. <laughs> I didn't I mean, I don't understand like why they would feel the need to overhaul the boss fight in 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 Royal. Yeah. Like I I didn't think that boss fight I thought the boss fight was fine. It was so easy and normal. Like Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I mean, easy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe tweak it a little bit and like change but I don't know. That, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So you can go the other way. I just it was it was just like the 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 space palace is just was a point of frustration uh for me for sure just yeah. because i was like maybe it's just sort of an unfortunate placement where it is just like because mm-hmm. it comes right after the pyramid which mm-hmm. has like an amazing aesthetic and just mm-hmm. some really cool environmental puzzles like beautiful music yeah mm. oh but i don't know and it's, also the thing the thing about the space palace that's interesting to me is that you get this real big like story revelation right when you're entering the space palace if you know what i'm talking about no spoilers but you're seen going into the metaverse basically and then mm-hmm. you have to go through this like three to four hour palace to figure out okay now i can finally move on with the actual story and figure out oh no what just happened here i need to like actually get through this now mm-hmm yeah if you know what i'm talking about i can't remember if i don't know if i'm being clear enough but you are seen entering the metaverse at some point yeah Mm -hmm. well that and that's and i guess sort of like when we're we're talking about like blow or just like bog down that's Mm -hmm. definitely very much like like a a huge sort of bog down point is just that entire sort of section of gameplay maybe well let me try Um, let me try and reframe this just slightly instead of bloat I would advocate that it is over ambitious is what it is is because they try to do so much in each of these dungeons and they give you seven of them. Like if there were four big dungeons, okay. You know, I I think of, I think of again, maybe I'm just nostalgia, but I think of some of my favorite games and yeah, there are tons of different like dungeons and caves and things that you go through in final fantasy six, but none of them take you know, four hours or five hours, you know, they're like 30 minute to maybe two hour experiences, you know, for, for the really long ones, either you can do a huge dungeon. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm reminiscing on the space palace. Like you, like we were talking about and how like the first half of it is very different than the second half of like floating between the different rooms. Like either one of those could have been a shorter version of a dungeon 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they put those together, and while they were good, like I think they were good ideas, the execution just felt like it was bogged down by everything that they wanted to put into this game. You know, mm-hmm. like this is going to be the entire kitchen sink. And I think for what for their ambitions, for their high ambitions, I think it it all comes together together amazingly well. Mm-hmm. It's just that it is so much like this is this is this is one of those desert island games because like you can play it forever because you can play it differently each time you know whatever unless you're following a guide and then you can just max it out the first time you play (laughs) (laughs) um i I, I totally understand what you're saying especially and you know keeping this in context like the development history of this game was insane because they first announced this way back in 2013 and it didn't come out until (laughs) like four years later and you hear about like the way it was developed. Like clearly they had so many different groups working on so many different things. And the fact that it actually mm-hmm. does kind of work together in like a cohesive whole, like that is actually like so impressive. And that's one of the reasons why I still really enjoy the game, even if I don't think it's like the most amazing thing in the world. But I still think it's a great game. It's just it just felt like it's just suffered a little bit honestly yes which i guess given the theme of the game i mean that makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i i I do think it was reaching a bit uh but i think also because of that that's why you see a lot of um reviewers or different outlets saying like this is the pinnacle of of rpgs which i i disagree with you know Mm -hmm. like i this one doesn't break my personal top 10 um because of of some of these issues, some of these pacing issues and things like that. Again, I, I even have a soft spot for Persona 3, so there's that too. Um, well, I was actually going to bring it up if you weren't, but I feel like what they did in that game with Tartarus was absolute genius. And I know that some people get bogged down in the fact that you have to go through the different floors and it's like 250-something floors that you explore, but that's basically mm-hmm. like all the exploration and it's all centralized in this one area. And then during like, the different full moon segments is like those areas are way considerably shorter and not even exactly bogged down like one of the palaces are. So I, I feel like that's that helped that game a lot. And I, I that's why it's probably in one of my, I don't know if it's in the top 10, but it's like in my top 20 for sure. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and I, I do think, yeah, you see the, even the earlier, even persona four, um, for the issues that I have with it, like the the way, like even though they went from a randomized dungeon scheme in three and four, where with five they actually decided to create these dungeons and and do these different things in them, um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I felt like they went so hard on that they were like, let's make them these huge palaces, um, and even though it doesn't necessarily they constantly throw new things at you it's just that after being thrown new things for four hours and then doing that seven times throughout the length of the game it just feels like oh my goodness like is is this even going any anywhere because that's coupled with yes you get those moments like you mentioned um now that i'm remembering going into the space palace and seeing something you get those moments of just like okay things are happening but again i i feel maybe it's just my experience with the game but i felt like 60 hours in i'm like i have no idea where this is going 
because it's all just kind of build up. Like the story doesn't really come out until like the last third of the game, the last quarter of the game. Um, it's really all just kind of like setting the scene, which isn't bad, you know, like it, it does it well in terms of like, this is the world that you're in. Um, and there is payoff. It's just that it is such a huge uh, commitment if you want to experience this full game that it's like it's hard to recommend even though I did yeah. really enjoy it um, and so I do feel at odds with like the reviews that are saying oh this is the best you know RPG that's ever come out because it does so many things like I get it I get that you want this kitchen sink experience I just I personally like um, smaller more not condensed but more focused games mm -hmm. if that makes sense so while I do think this is a great game and I understand why people consider it to be a masterpiece I wouldn't put it in that tier personally although I do very much respect what it has done mm -hmm. so um, I would agree anyways. with that and you went through your top three at least with these three games specifically and you said like mm -hmm. three four and four or three, five, and four. I think yeah. I would actually go to actually three, four, and five because I think out okay. of the newer Persona games, I would say this is one that's actually the weakest for me because I just feel like I connected with it the least, even though I put yeah. more hours into that than I've done any other ones, but <laughs> which is still funny. But I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, it was very ambitious. It was really over ambitious, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the promises that we got, you know, leading up to it, like, didn't really take old and you look at like the developmental screenshots and it's like man this looks completely different in some ways <laughs> to what we actually got so it just feels i don't want to say misleading but it just feels like what could we have gotten and when you watch that i don't know if you yeah. guys saw that beta 64 video about all the things they cut out of persona 5 everything that was left it's like oh my goodness what were they planning with this like mm -hmm. why and it's not even close to what royal is it's that this felt like something completely on a different scale and yeah. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't end up with that game specifically. I like yeah. what we got, but I guess like maybe it's my fault for having too high of expectations and it's just not fulfilling my super high expectations for that. But after playing three and four, it's like, what do you, what other choice do I have? Those are really good games. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does kind of like make me wonder what person or excuse me, what SMT five is going to turn out to be mm -hmm. just because like the previous Nintendo uh, SMT game that, that comes to mind, the, the console SMT game was the SMT cross fire emblem. And that was completely different than any, anyone like expected it to be. Whereas it's more persona, even more like happy, you know, it's about idols and dancing and that kind of stuff. Um, like that's not what you think of when you think of SMT and like some of the darker elements of, of Fire mm -hmm. Emblem. So I wonder, because the initial um, teaser for Shin Megami Tensei Five is so dark, <laughs> like so overwhelmingly like, oh my goodness, yeah. heavy. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if it's going to come out and it's just going to be like another pop idol game. <laughs> not <laughs> really. It's going to come it's out, period. That. Right, exactly. Because we haven't... It, they continue to say like, oh yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. But I mean, they're, yeah. they're rolling in that persona money. So um, all that dancing cash. Yeah. Right. Well that I'm, I'm kind of interested. I really want to see scramble. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Like I'm looking forward to scramble. I know you're playing it in, in Japanese right now, ja uh, Wes. Jeez. <laughs> I'm my brain. Sort of, I did, I did want to sort of circle back to, I think mm -hmm. too, like, you ha we have to, this is a Persona game, and I think 
out of all the persona games this though does have the best control scheme that like the best mm-hmm. yeah just battle system mm-hmm. like straight up like the damage types how everything sort of works together is like are together geez i'm sounding <laughs> super intelligent right now like you know wes is a teacher and i'm over here sounding like hey i'm just some hazy from western Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, you know anyways um yeah but there's it's just like this by far has the most refined battle system mm-hmm. out of any of the games mm-hmm. like the like the all outs the break and one of the things i actually really am looking forward to is they actually introduce the new uh in persona 5 royal there's like a new sort of variant of the all out oh yeah or something like that mm-hmm. the showtime attacks or showstoppers or whatever they call them something like that yeah I don't, I don't remember the exact name but it's basically like a tag team attack between two different characters that just i don't know it just kind of randomly pops up sometimes and it's you know you can't really trigger them necessarily but when they pop up they're really cool but that actually brings me to another nitpick i have about this game but Going with what you said, the control scheme, like some, I was listening to a podcast about it and somebody brought something up that I never even considered, but it's just like the way the control scheme works, it's like, instead of picking like your choices from the menu and everything, it's like, they try to use like every single face button that you have. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mm-hmm. takes you instantly to wherever, whatever attack or whatever you're doing is like, it's so snappy fast. And it just feels like the battles are just way more fluid. Like it almost feels like an action RPG if you play it fast enough, which I did. So, <laughs> and then it <laughs> like, honestly, it could have it like I think Persona Five would have benefited from maybe implementing some version of an active time battles like mm-hmm. sort of like because the 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 combat controls are so quick and can be so snappy. I think if they would have thrown like an ATB mode in there, like mm. it would have been mm. it would have been a banger. Yeah, yeah. It would have it would have slapped. <laughs> it would have been say? lit. <laughs> it would have been. Man. L- yeah. lit well i mean playing scramble but, right now that's basically what it is at this point and you still oh, wow. have all of your normal persona attacks you just like bring up the r1 button and it's like okay calls up the persona you choose the attacks that you want real quick and it just busts it right out and you still have your whole collection of like 12 different personas that you can hold at a single time so you can blaze through that real quick but the fact that it's like a, a muso warriors type game it just feels so nice especially with that background soundtrack oh my goodness it just mm. like oh it just feels like poetry in motion like, it's so beautiful. Mm. Even on the little Switch screen, like playing portably, it just looks so good. And it's just like, why can't we have just regular Persona 5 on the Switch? This has like all the assets, everything. yeah. everything's here. Come on. <laughs> but that's, yeah. They're basically showing us that it can run on the Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, hey, we could get this over here, but we're not gonna. <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know, a 32 gig cartridge. It'd probably take up like all the memory. Well, no, I mean, I guess it was made for ps3 so anyways mm-hmm. uh, that's something else that we didn't even mention is like this actually is a ps3 game that was redone not redone but like it was it was released uh simultaneously on both consoles right yeah but it was so. originally developed for ps3 i mean sort of like breath of the wild was originally developed for wii u so mm-hmm. but yeah it, it yeah it is what it is um uh, do we have any final thoughts just because I know we've been going long? I feel like there's so much more to talk about. Like we didn't even go into all the different characters. Uh, we didn't go into details of like all the different uh, social links and things that we enjoyed there. Uh, but even just our like initial thoughts on everything and the dungeons and the battle system. Oh, that's that's what it was. So we were talking about the battle system. 
is just how uh, how there are so many overlapping systems and it works really well together. Uh, I'm a big fan uh, when they first announced that it was going back to more of the SMT vibe of uh, negotiation. I was going to say demon negotiation. They're not demons in this game. They're personas. <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to don't want to get in trouble with anyone. Um, but I yeah, like I said, I'm a I'm a fan of the mainline series, uh, even though they're way darker. I mean, this one gets pretty dark, but we'll talk about that next time. Um, the, the yeah, I did like how it is the negotiation. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the card system in four was really good. Um, so I'm not against what they had done previous, but just like that, ju- just tinge of nostalgia and the way that the persona, the way that you're actually fighting personas instead of shadows. Um, I, I was a big fan of some of those changes that they made to, to bring it more in line with mainline SMT while at the same time, not really, it's still distinctively persona. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That said, mm-hmm. I haven't played yeah. the original Persona or Persona Two, so Wes, they they might not be in line with Persona. Maybe it's just like coming full circle. <laughs> Let me tell you, those two first two Persona games they go <laughs> dark places. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I at some point in time I do want to sort of circle back around and play through uh, Persona, you know, OG Persona, and then uh, tackle the duology again. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, or uh, yeah. uh, attempt to tackle but I, i'm also like man like here's the thing you've got royal out uh, i don't hit your microphone nate that would be a good thing not to do um but like why not just like why not just remake the games in the p5 en- engine yeah like that'd be pretty sick now is the like the height of the the series popularity like yeah no that that's a great idea especially because personally I only own the first Persona on a uh, PlayStation. I was going to say portable. That's not portable. The PlayStation <laughs> Mini. Oh, so yeah. oh. the original like American uh, Revelations <laughs> Persona, which I've heard is you know like the worst way to play the game, and it's really slow. <laughs> and I'm so I'm just like, I'm glad that I own it as a collector. On the other hand, like I'm mm. probably never going to play this. <laughs> in all, in Apparently, all honesty. Though. That PS1 release has like the best music, like period. Okay, okay. They yeah, really changed the music right. up to the PSP version. That's right. To make it more in line with the newer Persona games. So yeah. if you like like some of that old like SMT type music, apparently that's where it carries mm. a lot. Oh man, and it's Shoji like Megro, they can, man. They really should be able to port this over because like if you look at the DLC costumes, like they have the Persona One uh, like uniforms and everything. Oh wow, yep. Persona Two uniforms. They have like the biggest like Shadow Compendium Persona Compendium basically. Mm-hmm. period so they could really Dang. i think they have all of the old personas from one and two all modeled and everything and i yeah. feel like that's where it would really hang them up if they had yeah. to like remodel all that persona list is massive too. It <laughs> in is, royal it is huge unbelievable yeah, yeah. we got the it's, best personas <laughs> uh, we got all the personas they say that my personas are the best i got the most i've worked with a lot of personas these are the best personas <laughs> I don't know why I went there. I want to make a Mara joke, but I don't think that would be in good taste. So, <laughs> oh yeah, oh my good. Uh, so I originally brought him up in the Discord because I I met him in the game because of a um, mission that you go on in Mementos, and so he mm-hmm. made sense in that context. And then I played more of the game, and he just showed up as like a common character, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, you just want to shove it in our faces, okay. <laughs> That's All a right. dangerous thing to do. <laughs> I will say, I will say, uh, 
Oh, oh, mementos. Yeah, talking yes. about mementos. Actually, how did you guys feel about mementos? Because I have my own opinions on it, but I want to hear from you guys first to see if I'm crazy or not. It's okay. Yeah, meh. It's like meh. I I waited kind of, until I had like four or five different missions before I'd go yeah. in, and then just knock them all out. So okay, okay. Because eh. I hated it. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I considered it like basically the poor man's Tartarus yes. at that point. It was yeah. it was terrible and. They did some stuff to upgrade it for Royal. Like they have this little okay. kid that just kind of rides around in his little scooter and he sells you <laughs> things and you can change so much about mementos and you get like stamp machines and all that where you stamp things and dang get cool items from it and everything. But it's just like, oh, this is just a, such a slog. And it's like, mm-hmm. I was one of those people that are just like, I will wait until I literally cannot make any confidants go up anymore because I have to go do all these stupid missions. Mm. <laughs> like I would have 12 in a row and that's like, okay settling in for like three hours of exploring this meaningless subway station oh yeah. it drove me nuts it really mm. did it, like i i understand why they had to put it in there but i just i mm-hmm. did feel that it was sort of i don't know it just it lacked any sort of like weight mm-hmm. it was just like oh this is a thing i have to go do now yeah especially because they had to tie in so many social links to it and right. not getting any right. spoilers it's just like you're basically just solving people's problems yeah and it's like i don't want to get into the story stuff right now but that's huge hang up for me it's just like you are just basically the god of this world and you are just so <laughs> awesome and it's like you said like everybody loves you everybody's mm-hmm. like just hanging on to every word you say which is like very little at this point because he's silent but it's <laughs> yeah i don't know but it, it just it just felt so shoehorned in at that point this is like you have to have this place to grind and you have to solve everybody's problems this way so we're just going to give you a twofer and have fun good luck yeah yeah it just yeah it was sort of addressing almost in i think a lot of ways a problem that could have been addressed in other ways but mm-hmm. yeah me- mementos was unfortunate and like i think like part of part of the problem is like i would actually i would get like bored Mm-hmm. And I would just start at the beginning of Mementos and I would just steamroll everything just like because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm just going to play this until I need that. Like, it's one of those things like this game, this game is interesting in the fact that it does so many things so stinking well. Yeah. Like as far as design, as mm-hmm. far as like the battle system, as far as music, as far as like overall for for the most part the palace design and stuff like the the palaces again i you know i would agree with you josh i do think they just they they run a little long in the tooth Mm -hmm. but like this game does so many things so well yeah that when it fails and mementos is a bit of a failure i i don't hate it but it just it was like sort of like you know a wart on the end of the nose of the da vinci (laughs) you know david's da vinci or da vinci's david or whatever it was just sort of like this weird, like weird blemish that I'm. Um, you're just kind of like, that's a real bummer that like they couldn't find a better way to sort of like make this thing work and make yeah. this thing meaningful because it doesn't mean it in a lot of ways. It it just the even like the the social link stuff. It's like well, we need to figure out a way how to like tackle these these submissions, mm-hmm. but we're not gonna do it in a way that actually matters. 
or feels like it matters and mm-hmm. it and it's it's sort of a bummer yeah it, um, it doesn't do it in an interesting way because i mm-hmm. i'd counter that it is actually much more there there's so much going on underneath the surface of that and no pun intended well i guess i'm intending my puns here Wes, um, <laughs> that's that's a always, very intended pun because the, like it does actually play towards you're not just changing the hearts of these main characters uh, of you know the the super evil people you're also going in and changing the normal everyday bad people as well <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like you you actually are trying to do more than just the the huge uh, evils that you see but like even the ones. Right. Because it brings up some of the themes that we'll talk about next time of like vigilante justice and like, oh, should I really trust someone on the internet who says that this person's a bad person? Like, is that really a good thing? So I I do think it was trying to fix a problem, but I agree it was done in a way that feels like the the floor to floor battles just feel like ugh, you know, like it it doesn't it doesn't <clears throat> feel like you're doing much of anything. Um, but I think narratively they're trying to convey something because even the even the idea of the tunnels beneath the beneath the abyss of this idea of collective consciousness mm-hmm. is what they were trying to convey through that. So I think in a sense, like from from an artistic standpoint, it makes sense, but it didn't feel that way while you were playing it. Um, so, right. so, so I'd agree with you that like, it does feel mm-hmm. like a, a loss or it, it does feel like a failure in that, like, this just is not interesting at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's trying to convey something, even if it doesn't do it well. Yeah. Well, and also um, going along with that, just for like the storytelling reason, I totally get that. But then it also, like I mentioned, turns your character into basically like the savior yep. of everybody. And I feel like that just bothers me yep. because in a game about, rebellion and everything and trying to spur people on to you know punch back injustice functionally is like Mm -hmm. kind of what they're going for it's everything it's like well you're still solving their problems so like you're you're not encouraging them to push past like their own insecurities and barriers and that sort of thing to actually like take their problems head on which we can talk about more next time when we actually get to the story part because there's some parts that i take some like super issue (laughs) yeah like just legally like there's some legal issues here that i'm like "Mm, i want to talk about that yeah yeah for sure i mean and and yeah just to to whet y'all's appetite of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about yeah i do i do feel like there are themes like that that aren't that are just kind of brushed past that that Mm -hmm. they don't really go into so again i'm going to compare it with something like death note where vigilante justice is a big um, part of is a big theme of that entire anime manga however you however you decide to consume it um, whereas with this game it feels like it is for the first 20 hours and then they're just like oh well whatever <laughs> and just continue going on um, because in this game it's so stark like the difference between at least to your character, what's right and what's wrong, because the the bad guys in this game are so evil. And so, if if I can just bring up one final point, I know we're we're going a little long in the tooth here, is that I do think one other thing that comes to mind when I think of Persona Five is it starts off in such a um, heavy note of your character 
being accused of, you know, assault and going off. And like, it, it feels oppressive, right? It starts mm-hmm. off very oppressive. And then the first palace that you go to, the first place that you go to, like, oh my goodness, this game is tackling like sexual assault in a school by a teacher. Like, holy shnikes. There is no, there's, I mean, the little ramp up that you got was like, oh, the man is trying to get you kind of a thing. But then, it immediately like throws you into what I feel like you could create an entire game about that where it's like, Nope, this is just the first dungeon like this. And so you really hate (laughs) Maybe that's too strong of a word, but you really dislike the bad guys in this game. And so it really kind of pushes you towards um, the, the way that the story goes. It's very easy to kind of like not think about what you're doing because the bad guys are so evil. Anyways, we'll talk about that next mm-hmm. time. But I do think I'd, I'd be remiss in just saying, like, if I think of Persona Five, like, man, it starts off unlike any other Persona game, unlike very many games that I've that, that I've even played before. Mm-hmm. Of just like, okay, this is not going to sugarcoat some of these issues. You know, like this is not a game mm-hmm. for children. Um, it's not done in an exploitative way. Uh, but it is like tackling some subjects like it, it earns its M rating in a, in an actually mature way, not in a childish way. So not in it, not Sometimes. in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about weird waifu stuff and what, but yes, you're right. There's it, it avoids sort stuff. of titillation and just sort of like the cheap sort of thrills mm-hmm. and it's, it, it Yeah. It, sometimes it actually it, it sort of it does earn <laughs> and then there's maru but anyways I, i'm thinking about Anne specifically but <laughs> yeah yeah we can talk about that next time yeah she's she is a little fan servicey at times yeah um I, I mean that that's just sort of the nature of these games though too is like you look at the the culture it's coming out of and, and mm-hmm. just uh who it's targeted at um and for but, more about the culture and where it's coming from, please yes. definitely tune in to the next episode because I got a page of notes to go through. This whole episode has sure. been like whetting your appetite for what's coming up. Um, I know we're all like it's chomping like, at the bit to talk about how stuff. How vague can we be <laughs> in talking about this game that yeah. we really just want to get like, yeah. Well, and that's that's why I think like this was a very ambitious game because from the standpoint, like we've talked about today, of just a video game, it does so much and it combines so many different things um, and they all come together, you know, whether whether they are the warts on the nose or whether they are like actually, you know, like the, the um, aesthetic of this game and how it just feels different. It feels very different than a normal kind of RPG and you can play it in these mm. different ways. Um, you know, th- those are all to its credit. It is certainly a very well-made game, um, but it is there is so much crammed into it that we need to wait till next time in order to to discuss some of these underlying themes and just what this game says, its worldview, and even some of the things that we've talked about that it kind of throws away halfway into the game because uh, there, there yeah. are those things as well. Um, and we will talk about that next time. But yeah, until next then... Yeah, next episode is going to be... 
pretty heavy on spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well, so. yeah, that goes without saying. If if you if not yeah. too much was spoiled this time around, next time, yeah, you're you're gonna have it all spoiled. We are gonna talk about the end of the game because things go off the rails in the last ten hours. Well, to me, it was ten hours. I don't know. Maybe it was two for Wes, but at the very end of the game, <laughs> it uh, it goes off. <laughs> the rails and and in such a way that it reforms my idea of the rest of the narrative of the game so uh, we'll we'll discuss that next time so so um, listeners you'll never see it coming (laughs) you will never see it coming never 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 in my mind never fast for eyes so we we've been josh has been trying to wrap us up and and i'm just like I'm like, nope, throw a wrench in that. Throw a wrench in that. And Wes, Wes needs to get, get scooting here. But uh, Wes, why don't you, before we sort of like go plug your stuff, tell people where they can find you. Then, uh... All right. So I am the Henshin Dad, as they mentioned before. Henshin meaning transformation in Japanese. So if you mm-hmm. like games or, sorry, shows about transformation and superheroes and rubber costume for monsters and everything and really cool, like, wrestling type fights you should definitely check out my podcast yes i have a podcast too and it is the henshin dad podcast which is very like self-aggrandizing i guess but i talk about all sorts of those cool things ultraman power rangers common rider super sentai i'm gonna try to dip my feet into godzilla at some point because i feel like that's just a big like blind spot in my fandom basically so should definitely be doing that sometime soon but I, i just took a poll actually on my Twitter, and it looks like I'm going to be going through the original OG Ultraman series on my podcast. Whoa. Probably just going to go episode by episode and just see how that goes. I think it's only like 40 episodes, so that'll be pretty fun for me, and it'll be the first time I went through it, so looking forward to that. So you can check me out there. Uh, It's an Anchor podcast, so anchor.fm slash henshindad, I think, and you can get me on Twitter at the same place where I talk about all sorts of cool things like that. So that's pretty much where you can find me. Love it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on this episode and hopefully on the next episode as well. There's some things up in the air uh, personally, but I mean, if it's just y'all two, I'm sure it'll still be fantastic. Um, so, so thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more of it, even if it's not like you on episodes of the podcast. We'll, we'll throw in some Henshin dad ads in here because we're all part of the we're all we're all poning it, right? <laughs> the pony boys. <laughs> Get pwned. <laughs> Speaking of pwn, the Playwell Network, we do need to just sort of say, like, if you have enjoyed this conversation, if you, uh, if what Wes sort of does with the Hench and Dad podcast, if you like the breakdown, we also would re- recommend our buddies over at the Retro Station podcast. Mm. Uh, formerly, the podcast, the podcaster is formerly known as the Retro Zoo Super Show. They've recently gone through a rebranding. Mm-hmm. They're reinventing themselves and they've actually just become a much more sort of like broad nerddom, geekdom sort of... The, the, the first episode has been about Dune mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, George Herbert, is that uh, the hey guy bear. who wrote Dune? Hey bear, yes. Hey, hey <laughs> if bear. you've heard the episode, hey, hey bear, yeah, um, yeah, hey bear, yeah, that's right. You know, those are our buddies. Uh, go give them a listen. Obligatory pwn plug. Over pwned. <laughs> Love it, Josh. What do we do when they do? You know the things that we've done. We have done all the things that we set out to do, <laughs> and that. So what do they have to do now? Guys, 
you keep beating down your backlogs, even if it's 100 hours plus, we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Till next time. And the final word goes to Wesley. As you will.